welcome to God Signs, the radio ministry of Deaf Bible Society of Arlington, Texas. The mission of this organization and its partners around the globe is to see the Bible translated into every signed language in the world, all 400 of them, so that one day all the deaf people on earth will be able to read and understand the Bible in their own native sign language. Your host for these journeys is J.R. Bucklew, the executive director and CEO of the Society. I'm Marshall Lawrence. JR's guest today is one of the most influential leaders in the Bible translation movement. You're going to want to hear what he has to say. JR, introduce your guest today. Well, I'm so excited uh, for those of you that are listening today. Uh, we get to talk about a wonderful organization called Wycliffe Bible Translators, and I get to have a dear friend on the program who is now the president of Wycliffe Bible Translators, John Chestnut. But before we get there, uh, I want to read our scripture for today, and it comes out of Psalm chapter 19. I'm going to read verses 7 through 11 from the English Standard Version. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. I mean, have you really thought about that? Have you really thought about, uh, as we've talked about so many times, this precious word that we have access to, God's word, whether you're reading it from the English Standard Version, the NIV, the King James Version, uh, the embarrassment of riches that we have access to. Uh, you, you probably have a Bible in your home. Uh, maybe many of you have more than one copy of the Bible, different versions, the hundreds of versions that we have available, the, the commentated series from uh, your preferred pastor, uh, the, the Bibles that you can gain access to that have special devotionals, whether it's the teen's Bible, the teen boy's Bible, the hunter's Bible, the fireman's Bible, the military Bible, the, uh, the women's Bible, the Bible for those that are suffering, the Bible for those that are rejoicing, uh, the Bible with extra, uh, with extra writings, or the journaling Bible. I mean, there's so many options for us, so many options for us to be able to take part in seeing that his law is perfect and it revives our soul. How often have you gone to Scripture and have had your soul revived by the Word? How often have you gone back to Scripture to see the testimony of the Lord and say, yes, it is sure. To see that these precepts are right. To see your heart rejoicing because of what you've encountered in his word. To see the commandment of the Lord. To be enlightened. You're desiring of this word. As it says, it's it's more to be desired than gold, not just any gold, but fine gold. How much do you cherish this word? 
And can you imagine? Can you imagine for a moment with me? You think about this. What now would your life be like if you were to take all that away? Maybe have access to someone having shared the gospel of Christ with you. But not have anything else that you can turn to. Not having something you can turn to for the creation account. Not having something you can turn to or seeing how the law was brought to us to begin with. Not knowing the story of the Exodus. Not knowing the story of David. Not getting to partake in the Psalms that we use so frequently between weddings and funerals and, and, and events and in our, in our uh, uh, liturgies and in our, in our services and not being able to engage with the parables and not being able to see the Acts of the Apostles, to not get the read, to read the readings that was read by the New Testament church, the writings of Paul, the writings of Peter. Can you imagine that? Is it even possible to think about what would it be like if all of these things were taken away? Now think about the fact that that is the reality for millions of people around the world today. Still, still millions of people around the world do not have access to the Word of God and their language and the language that they think in and dream in, and a language that they can be appropriately discipled in. And not just deaf people, but hearing people like you that are listening, like me right now, people just like us all around the world that don't have access to God's Word in their language. Sometimes that's really hard to believe, which is why we said, if we're going to talk about this, uh, we have to bring in the expert. The expert who, who better than the president of Wycliffe Bible Translators, John Chestnut? So, John, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Well, J.R., I'm delighted to be with you. You and I have talked about this for many months and trying to find a time, and so I am really, it really is a privilege for me to be able to spend this, uh, these next few minutes with you all. Yeah, we, um, I know people that are listening right now, uh, some people may have heard of Wycliffe Bible Translators, and some people may not. Maybe you could just tell us, who, who is Wycliffe? I mean, you know, the first thought I have is Wycliffe. Wow, is that John Wycliffe start that? Uh, so who, where did it come from? Who is it, and what, what are they doing? Well, you know, John Wycliffe, the name, obviously, uh, inspired us tremendously as, you know, John was the first to, to translate into a commoner's English language. And so uh, we didn't start quite at the same time as John Wycliffe lived, walked to this earth here, but um, we are about 77 years old, just celebrate our 77th year. And we've had the privilege of, of working around the world in, in countries that, uh, well, majority of countries around the world. And we started as one organization and today I'm the president and CEO of Wycliffe USA, but there is a, an alliance of Wycliffe's around the world that uh, that partner together, and now we're over 108. Some have uh, the Wycliffe name, some don't, but uh, 108 organizations just within this particular family network there. I want to touch on something you said, but before that, it was really interesting. You were saying, you know, this kind of the name coming from John Wycliffe. He, he translated the Bible into the commoner's English. I'm sure most people uh, that are listening may not understand what you mean by that. What what was the Bible in before he translated it? Well, you know, it was held primarily in Latin, and then even in the original languages yeah. still. And so, but the the commoner, the average person, 
did not really have access to be able to read their own scriptures in a language that they understood. And John Wycliffe said, you know, that's just not right, and believed mm-hmm. the Lord had called him into, uh, into bringing God's Word into a language, translated into a language that uh, was for you and me if we had been mm-hmm. living in that day. And that was an easy task for him, yeah. Oh, I mean, that was... totally easy. That's right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he. Uh, I mean, he. He certainly endured quite a bit. He. It, it came at a high cost and mm. very high cost. Yeah, and because of that, we had the Bible available to us in the English language, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, in the English language, our access to the Bible is unlike any other. It really is. I mean, it's tremendous. And when you stop to think, I mean, most people who have grown up in the U.S. or in, uh, you know, in, in countries where Scripture was available, the Bible was available since they were kids. Mm. They don't, many of them don't stop to think, wow, wait a minute, maybe some other people don't have Scripture, you know, the Bible in, in their language. I mean, that was part of my story. I, I, never, I never thought about it just because I had always had it around me. Yeah. So 77 years ago, uh, what, what happened? I mean, that's quite a bit of time after John Wycliffe. So the history of Bible translation, there have been things that have happened throughout history. But what happened to see the formation of Wycliffe? Well, there was a gentleman by the name of Cameron Townsend. And, uh, you know, we re- affectionately call him, refer to him as Uncle Cam many times. And uh, But he was distributing scriptures in Guatemala in Spanish. And as he had the opportunity to interact and was up in many of these small villages in the mountains and such, one of the gentlemen that was with him said, you know, uh, our, our people can't understand this, this language. This is a language that is of the, you know, the majority, but, but not a language we understood. And it was really during that time that, that Cameron realized that, wow, there's a barrier here mm. that language is causing to for these other communities, other smaller language communities that are often overlooked, that um, they didn't understand the majority, the, the main language mm. in Guatemala. And so it was really during that experience that God laid on his heart that he was to help be part of bringing God's word to these smaller language communities around the world. And that's really where it got started. So you have a guy, as we said, call him Uncle Cam. He's there. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people um, who may not have a lot of experience outside the English language, I mean, there, there's a pretty popular joke. If you're listening, uh, you don't take too much offense to this because this is just who we are for the most part as Americans. But this thing of, you know, what do you call someone that speaks two languages? Uh, bilingual. What do you call someone that speaks more than two languages? Uh, mm-hmm. Multilingual, yes. Yeah, and then what do you call someone that speaks one language? Uh, American. American, that's, that's <laughs> we, very we, true. Yes. We speak the English language. <laughs> yes, we do. And so I get asked all the time when it comes to even sign language Bible translations, say, well, isn't there just one sign language around the world? I say, ah, no, there's, there are over 400. Uh, and so I'm sure a lot of people thought, wait a minute, everyone in Guatemala doesn't speak Spanish? That's right. There are other languages? And so you have this guy that goes in, and he's, he's gung-ho, and he's ready to distribute Bibles. And you go, wait a minute. These, the, the people can't use these. That's right. That's right. That's huge. It and is. so Wycliffe says we're, we want to translate the Bible into all languages. What was kind of the mission, uh, what, and, and how has that changed over time? 
Well, you know, really, it was it was these smaller languages that, uh, that really captured uh, Townsend's heart. Matter of fact, we're coming up this fall on the hundred anniversary of this of this story starting mm-hmm. with uh, with God really uh, calling uh, Townsend to to participate in this work. But really, again, his his focus is upon these languages that were often uh, unknown. They were they were they were back out of the way. They were um, they were not part of the education system. They were not they were people that did not have opportunity to uh, often business and such. And many times, the language actually created a barrier for them to move forward as well. And so this was really something that that Townsend he had a passion. Mm-hmm. to see God's word come to these communities, but also to give them opportunity and hope because of their language was something that, that God created. And many times they just felt ashamed of their language because it wasn't written. Um, you know, people put them down because they would not speak the, the bigger mm-hmm. languages within a country. And he saw that, and that was part of what God, you know, laid mm-hmm. on his heart to do. And now, I mean, tell us, how many languages are there, would you say, roughly around the world today? So the, the count, um, including the sign languages, right. are about 7,300 languages around wow. the world. And, um, you know, some of those, those languages are not static. They're moving. Uh, we're losing, as we, you and I had a conversation earlier today, that about nine of those languages a year, on mm-hmm. average, are becoming extinct. Right. And so the number continues to to be reduced, but um, when you think of that, there's a lot of languages, obviously, in around the world. And and with Wycliffe and their 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 mission, their vision today, uh, how many languages are you seeing? Not not necessarily including sign languages, but spoken languages around the world don't have access to scripture. So right now, uh, we estimate somewhere, and this is a collective we mm-hmm. of many different uh, translation organizations, more than just Wycliffe. That there's probably about 21 lang- 2,100 languages around the world that still likely would need um, translation, and they don't have anything in their language today. Mm-hmm. Millions of people, as you started uh, our, our time here today, pointing to the fact millions and millions of people. That this have is this is a real millions and millions, not just me, Jr. Kind of expounding and extrapolating in some sort of teaching that millions of people don't have have access. Mm-hmm. But you mean to say, literally, there are millions of people around the world who don't have access. Not one word of Scripture in their language. They would not know the word Jesus unless they spoke another mm-hmm. language and had heard it through another language. And so, you know, just the impact of that. When, when you think and, you, you know, we look ahead to the Apostle John that have, had that vision mm-hmm. uh, of being before the throne, Revelation 7-9, and you have people from every tongue, tribe, and nation that is surrounded around the throne. You know, today, if Christ were to return today, that would not be the case, unless supernaturally God imposed and said, it's, it's just appeared. But without that, without us continuing to move forward uh, around the world uh, today, that, would, that picture would not be a reality. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to think about. I'm sure if you're listening, you think... 20, you know, over 2,000 languages and millions of people around the world don't have access to Scripture that tells them Jesus. That's right. I mean, guys, if you're listening, you think, you know, whatever program that that you just entered into us having listened to, who is Rothy Zacharias without Scripture? Right. 
How do you? How can you be apologist without Scripture? Who is Charles Stanley? Who are these preachers of the Word without the Word? What are you a preacher of? What do, What are people being given if they can't access Jesus? That's I right. Mean, it's It's. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are thinking, "Well, this is." Uh, it's hard for us to imagine. It really is. I it's mean, really you, hard. You think about it. Where's their hope? Where's their hope if there's not if there's not opportunity to hear about Christ? Where's their hope? They look around them, and and the world itself doesn't give them their circumstances. Doesn't necessarily give them just something that naturally says, "Oh, I'm hopeful," because there's a lot of hard mm. as we know out there today. So without without Christ, really, where is their hope today? Yeah. Wow. So, John, you you and your family, you you entered into Wycliffe. Uh, you didn't start out as the president. I did not. No. When you guys joined the organization, what were you doing primarily? So, yeah, we our family um, was in the pastorate for about thirteen years, and um, in two thousand one, joined Wycliffe. And originally, we thought that our role would be to help connect um, U.S. churches and other churches around the world that had God's word with communities that did not have God's Word. And so we went to the Philippines. We served there for about nine years. And it was there that we got to see both. We got to see these communities that did not have God's Word. And we also got to see communities that they were in the process of translating God's Word and the hope and the transformation that was taking place in real time in these communities. And, I mean, it was it was life-transforming just to wow. get to see literally these communities that were being transformed by God's Word as we were able to observe mm. up close and personal. Yeah, it was, that's, I mean, that's the key. It's not just about having the translation available. It's that transformation that's that takes right. place when it is. You know, I was, I was telling our team last week, you know, my prayer has been, you know, oftentimes you hear Deaf Bible Society, we say God's Word in every sign language. And I said, you know, recently it's it's like, that's not enough. That's right. It's like God's word in every sign language. Why? To see millions of deaf lives around the world transformed by the power of that same word. That's, that's exactly been made it. available. And you were able to see that firsthand there we, in the Philippines. We were. And, you know, you stop and you think, again, that transformation can only start, I believe, unless, again, God superimposes it, can only mm-hmm. start by having access to God's Word in a language that you can understand. And so, again, that's, that's where the hope starts. But you're right. It is all about how do we engage with, that, with God's Word. Well, let me ask you, in that mission, that vision, that, that desire for transformation, what do deaf people in sign languages have anything to do with that? You know, if you would have asked that question to me a couple of years ago, I don't think I would have had a good answer. That was really, when we were in the Philippines, I had the opportunity to participate in a sign language uh, translation that was ongoing in the center there. And it was there that I realized that, you know, sign languages cross boundaries very differently than spoken languages. Mm -hmm. And uh, 180 spoken languages in the Philippines and only one, two, or three sign languages. And so it was really there that I began to catch an understanding, a learned understanding of that, that sign languages are a real need. And since that time, just realizing and, and learning that there's only one New Testament today in the mm-hmm. 400 sign languages you mentioned. And, you know, prayerfully, as you well know, next year we're going to see the first full Bible yeah. in Amen. sign language. And, boy, I'm thrilled about that and celebrating it and championing people on to see that happen. 
And so you would say with Wycliffe's, uh, your your vision of uh, of Bible translation and seeing lives transformed by that, that sign languages are a natural natural part of that. Absolutely, absolutely. I really believe it's the last frontier of translation around the world is sign languages. And so mm-hmm. for Wycliffe, we are passionate about seeing God's word come to every single language and particularly the, the sign languages around the world. Well, we're really grateful for our partnership with you um, at Wycliffe and for the work we're doing together. And so thank you so much, John, for sharing with us today. Thank you, JR. It's been a huge blessing and a privilege of mine. If you've been listening to this program over the air or on an audio podcast, then you've probably never known a time when the full Bible was not available in your native language. You've always had access to its truth, to its comfort, to its power in your life. There may have been times when you didn't choose to read it, but it was always there for you. And the moment you were ready to drink in its powerful message of truth from the heart of God, you could do that and let the living word transform your life. Deaf people deserve to have a true, accurate translation of the Bible in their own native signed language, the language they think in. That's the whole reason Deaf Bible Society exists and why they're working so closely with Wycliffe to make this amazing and wonderful thing happen in the lives of deaf people around the world. But they can't do it without your help. So please, would you help make this happen through your prayers and through your generous financial contributions to this final work? Go to GodSigns.com and make a generous gift to bring the light of God's Word into the silent world of the deaf. GodSigns.com What would you do without the Bible in your native language? Help make this happen for them. And now here's JR with some closing thoughts. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. To me, like David, I have I have uh, had a, a a yearning in me grow over the years, just to the, a passion, a desire for God's word, the access that I've had, and and I don't know about you, but if you're anything like me, thinking about more than two thousand languages in the world, the millions. This is an extrapolation, people. This is a literal millions of people around the world today don't have access to not just the Bible, but any scripture at all in their language. They don't know the name for which you and I call on daily, the name of Jesus. What must that be like? But together with Wycliffe Bible Translators and many partners around the world, uh, we at Deaf Bible Society, we're working with them to say, let that not be a reality for deaf people around the world. I mean, 400 languages, one New Testament, one New Testament, the millions and millions and millions of deaf people around the world that don't have access. They're not engaging. We're not seeing that life transformation. What are they able to place their hope into? You and I, together, have the opportunity to to change that reality. We have the opportunity to give them access to the name Jesus. 
and not just the name Jesus, but the power that comes with access to the name Jesus. Life-transforming power, life-saving power that comes through the cross. So I would just ask you, would, would you join us? Join us on this mission. Uh, go to godsigns.com. Uh, learn more about what God is doing around the world to make his name great among the deaf nations of the world, to see how God is transforming their lives every day. Today, you have that opportunity. Today, we can do that together. Until next time. Thank you, JR. What an inspiring message, especially for deaf people who long for their own language translation of God's word. And that's why we're providing this message that you just heard in a visual signed version on our website, godsigns.com. So if you know any deaf people, encourage them to visit godsigns.com. That's where you can also interact with the program or make a donation to help translate the Bible into one of the native signed languages in the world, godsigns.com. See you next week. God bless you. Today, you have that opportunity. Today, we can do that together. Until next time. Thank you, JR. What an inspiring message, especially for deaf people who long for their own language translation of God's Word. And that's why we're providing this message that you just heard in a visual signed version on our website, godsigns.com. So if you know any deaf people, encourage them to visit godsigns.com. That's where you can also interact with the program or make a donation to help translate the Bible into one of the native signed languages in the world, godsigns.com. See you next week. God bless you.